0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more, and this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the one with the relationship chick who shares tons of advice for self-care. Or last week's episode with Jamie Haydenrick, who tells her story as an allergy mom and health advocate. I hope you like this episode. And if you do, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire many more people. And now for this episode, I am excited to introduce you to Jessica Klingbaum, co-founder of X Ex Experts, an honest, encouraging, and resourceful online community for everyone in any stage of divorce. Now, on this episode, she will share her divorce story and how she found her way through. So please, grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started.
1: Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Jessica Klingbaum, a former Emmy-nominated network TV producer turned wellness advocate and entrepreneur. She's also the founder of X experts an online community providing reliable professional resources to help guide people through their divorce. Now, she's been divorced and she's a mom of two, and as she puts it, she has stories that could become hit sitcoms. Now, while Jessica is a positive soul, honestly, life hasn't always been that easy for her, even though she likes to look at it with a smile. She is here today to share her divorce story and tell us how she found her own way through. Jessica, I am so excited that you're here to chat with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, as for all you out there that are new to me um, or new to this space, Jessica is somebody I feel like she's been a dear friend, though honestly, we have just met through the world of Instagram, us wellness We call us connoisseurs, ambassadors, (laughs) advocates, all somehow connect and share what we love online. And so while she is someone I've never met in person, I do feel like I have gotten to see the success in her. And really, I've learned a lot just from following her on Be Hip and Healthy throughout the years. So thank you for being an inspiration to so many people in that bout as well, Jessica.
2: Oh, I really appreciate that. And you too. It's so funny, right, how social media brings people together and how we're like friends and never actually met in person. It was all mutual. And here we are following each other and talking and connecting and and sharing you know, thoughts and ideas. It's just
1: so funny it is and and I, I feel like especially through the pandemic it's it's been a conversation that i've had with so many people because we we have different time than we did before that you can connect with folks and so i and or for me maybe it's because i started the pandemic a little over a year ago and right. i started the pandemic i started the podcast, the podcast <laughs> during the pandemic it's like ppp it's a time right. twister and so I am just I am I am grateful for social media for that. And I am grateful that you were here and especially to tell what could be such a delicate story. Can you talk to us a bit about your divorce and what led up to it and then some of the directions you took? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I had been married
2: to my college sweetheart we okay. knew each other since I was 18 years old. And, and at the end of the day, we were, had been together for almost 20 years. And, um, you know, as as often happens, he ended up having an affair, which um, for me, when I really found out about it, I mean, I think I'd had suspicions for kind of a while. You know, those all those cliche sayings of hindsight is 2020, And And yeah. um, I, I think I definitely was choosing to overlook signs just because I did have a super demanding and challenging job. My career was really important to me. My hours were crazy. Um, you know, I was kind of working at... I was running at Mach 10 24-7 and um, had little kids. And, and ultimately, when I found out that he'd had an affair, I think for me, it was really just like, I'm done. I mean, I just we had a great friendship and we had been, you know, together, like I said, for a really long time and had had a great time together, but it clearly had run its course. And I just wasn't the kind of person to try to work through it. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but I felt like, I don't know, you're screwing someone else. I'm, I'm done with you then. And, um, but my, stance from even that very first day. I had a daughter who was almost two and a son who was four. And I think that I just always had the idea in my head that I was going to make sure that we could still be as close as we could for the benefit of the kids, you know, we grew up at a time, well, I don't know about you, but I mean, for me, you know, I grew up at a time and in a place where divorce wasn't really a common thing. I actually did not have many friends growing up whose parents were divorced, maybe a handful. It just wasn't what was happening kind of in the community that I lived in. And some of the moms that I knew that were divorced, there were two in particular that that come to mind, I remember how angry and bitter they were when I was younger And that was what I remembered when I, you know, told my husband that I wanted a divorce. I thought to myself, I'm just never going to be one of those moms, you know? And so I really, really focused on the long game, despite how devastating it was and how humiliating it was and just all of the things. I mean, I was completely crushed, but... I knew that I wanted my kids to not have to ever choose between us. I knew that I wanted their, you know, to be able to be holidays together and special occasions together. And we were still going to be a part of each other's lives every day until we die, just like we would be if we were married. And so I felt like my kids just deserve the same experiences as all of their kids who they're going to be going through life with, whose parents aren't divorced. So I really took the high road right from the start and, wasn't necessarily always easy, but it was. I was really driven by that idea of like, I want my kids to be able to see us still laughing together and having fun together and being able to get along together, so that they're always comfortable and they don't ever feel like they're in a bad situation
1: because their parents are divorced. Now, I mean, again, I I can't imagine being in your spot for a number of reasons, but taking the high road, I mean, so many times we hear, whether it's parents, whether it's bosses, mentors, whomever, friends, telling us to take the high road, but what does that really look like? And how do you- Care of yourself so that you could mentally be in that space.
2: Yes, <laughs> excellent questions. Um, it meant having a lot of self control and really um, kind of biting your tongue and just knowing that at the end of the day, as vindictive as you might want to be, or you know, as as snide as you might want to be. Um, You have to just look at the bigger picture. So what did it look like for me? It looked like me being cordial to the woman that he cheated on me with, who, by the way, he ended up staying with for like another 10 years later. It meant me, you know, giving her like a cordial kiss on the cheek and, and a little hug at my kids' birthday parties and really, literally always doing the right thing. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. It was me always doing the right thing because my kids didn't know what the situation was when they were that young. So there was no reason for, and they knew her and she was, I will say, good to them. And there wasn't going to be a a comfortable conversation with my kids if they were like, why aren't you nice to her? Why don't you like her? Like I just wasn't going to go there. So it looked like me literally just biting my tongue all the time and me just rising above. And every day people were saying to me, I don't know how you
1: do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. it." And so then, how did you let off the steam? Like, how did you, healthy or not, and put one foot instead of the other? Because that sounds incredibly
2: tough. Well, okay, so he, so that's in a weird way the segue into the ex-experts because Karen, here's the thing. My best friend at the time was also getting divorced at the exact same time. We had similar but different circumstances and our relationships with our husbands were totally different and at the end of the day our divorces were totally different. But I had my best friend who was also getting divorced at the same exact time. And a lot of what we were dealing with, like I said, was kind of similar. And so I had her, she was my outlet. We had each other to talk about all of the things, all of the minutia, all of the fears, all of the sadness, all of the pain, all of the little triumphs, all of the little successes, you know, bitch and moan all the time. The analogy that I've used with some people when talking about the ex-experts is that when someone's getting divorced, unfortunately today, there still is stigma around divorce. And your friends and family mostly want to be supportive of of you when you are telling them that you're getting divorced. But if they haven't been through it, they really don't understand. And it's kind of like when you have a brand new baby and everyone around you is asking, how's the baby? How's the baby? But- Not everybody actually wants to hear, well, how many ounces of milk did the baby drink at every meal today? And what do all the poops look like? And how many dirty diapers did you change? But like when you're a brand new mom, the actual number of dirty diapers your kid has a day is like a crucial, you know, fact. And when you have a best friend who also has a two-month-old and you have a two-month-old, then you're like comparing notes all day long and they want to hear all of the details Right? Because that's literally where they are. So everybody else just wants to hear like the highs, you know, the major points of like, yeah, the baby's doing great, you know, eating great, sleeping great. That's kind of it. But only the other friend who also has a two-month-old wants to know like, well, how many hours did they sleep last night? How many times did you wake up to feed them? Do you know what I mean? Like all of the little things. So my outlet truly was TH because she and I... We're able to share all of the, like, gory details with each other that a lot of other people didn't necessarily want to hear or understand. She was my therapy. And that's what now we're hoping to bring for other people.
1: Wow. I, I mean, that, that. again, I was just going to say, what do you do when you don't have that? And I guess that's why you two are creating this company and an online community, that is filled with connection and resources so that people don't feel so alone. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about it? I wasn't planning on jumping in so neither soon. Neither was I, I'm- sorry to like segue that way, but that oh, was really no. the answer to my question. Right, is what did you feel like you needed or what do you think others need? Because to, it sounds like it's, it's a lot of a transition that you go through when you decide, okay, I'm getting a divorce, but what's next? That's exactly right. And the other thing is that, honestly, I mean, look, for
2: most people, when you're getting a divorce, it's the first time you've ever been through it. So you don't know what you don't know, honestly. And you don't necessarily have a lot of guidance. It's very possible that you might be one of the first amongst your friends to be getting divorced. And at the end of the day, even if you have a close friend who's already been down that road their divorce experience may not be at all the same as yours. And so sometimes their recommendations for you aren't going to fit what you're going through. And again, Ch TH is the perfect example. Like, I had a very amicable divorce. We were very collaborative in working out our divorce agreement. You know, we had one meeting all together with he and his lawyer and me and my lawyer, literally one, we never stepped foot in court. It was filed like without going to court. And it just was a very friendly process, painful and hard and sad over the course of a couple of years, because that's what happens, but very friendly and amicable. And TH's was not friendly and amicable at all. It was definitely more acrimonious. It was they litigated, there were custody experts and forensic accountants and all the bells and whistles. And for some people, that's really needed in divorce. But it's not as though I could have gone to TH and said, well, who's your divorce lawyer? Like, that's who I should, you know, because since that's who she's using, that's who I should use. And her process, like, would not have been a good path for me at all because that wasn't the process that that Darren and I were going through. So the idea for ex-experts is that, We've all been through it and we can all understand sort of the bigger feelings and the pain and the sadness of getting divorced, but everybody's path is very individualized. And since you don't know how to navigate it, you need like an objective, you know, non-judgmental place to go that's really just offering up all of the information and resources to allow you to choose on your own. There's no agenda. There's no ulterior motive. Just because we have, you know, a podcast episode or an article about whether or not a custody expert is, you know, useful in a divorce or or a conversation about a forensic accountant does not mean that everybody needs a custody expert or everybody needs a forensic accountant. I didn't need either of those two things. We just want to present all the information in a way that makes people feel comfortable and supported. And that's really what we think was needed at the end of the day. Because again, like we had the support from each other. It's not that the other people around us were not supportive. They were, but people don't know what they can do really to support you other than saying like, I'm so sorry. And then bashing your ex about what an asshole they are, which by the way, is not helpful. He's still the father of my kids. I don't need somebody else to tell me what a dick he is because he cheated on me. I get it. I'm totally there. But I want to be able to still have a space of love for him because he's still the father of my kids and he's a great dad. And we still have to have each other's backs. And we still have to be a united front against the kids. (laughs) Yeah. When your kids are like 12 years old and they're trying to play one parent off of the other parent, we have to still be the one, you know, united group to be like, you can't ask mom and then when she says no, go ask dad. You know what I mean? Like dad has to know that that happened and he has to say no too. So those are things that get really complicated in divorce and, you know, that we just needed to be able to still work together as a team. And um, I think there are a lot of people that aren't able to do that. And so we just want to offer ways, advice and tips of how people can do that if they're so inclined. And if they're not able to do that, that's okay because not everybody is able to do that. And if not, here are some other options for you that can still allow you to get through it with hopefully as little stress and tension as possible. And, you know, just to have the best outcome in the end.
1: I love from what you're describing to me that you're just offering a number of resources. You're not offering the solution per se. You're offering tools and places like I think you said, it's, it's not a comfortable experience to go through a divorce, but you're trying to provide information and assets to people so that they can find a little bit of, maybe calm or peace in what they're doing or right. help to get the end result.
2: Yeah, that's the goal. And and again, you know, frankly, it's unfortunate that in certain communities and generations, there still is, you know, people frown upon divorce and, you know, it's not as accepted in certain areas and, and things like that. And, you know, I just think it, it unfortunately is becoming a lot more common today and we just need to normalize the process and let people know that they're just not alone. But even more importantly than that, that like, there is so a light at the tunnel, you know, there is so much good on the other side and getting through it is like digging through so much shit, But when you finally come through on the other side, you are, you know, 100 pounds lighter. You feel so much better. Your life can be so much happier. Like, life is too short. You know better than anyone. Life is too short. So to be stuck in a relationship that you have put time and effort into and it's just not working, like, it's not better, in my opinion. It's not better for the kids to stay together you know, or um, I just think that we all have to kind of look out for ourselves and acknowledge that we all deserve happiness. And even a couple of bad years of dealing with, you know, the circumstances of divorce can just free you up to have so much more opportunity on the other side. I think that, families, especially families with kids, kids are better off when their parents are in healthy relationships, even if that means that they're on their own for a while. You don't want kids to learn the examples of toxic relationships. It's just, that's not good for anybody. So I I think that one of our messages, TH and I, is like, You are going to be okay. You're going to get through it and you're going to be so much happier. I mean, one of my whole things was like people were saying to me, don't worry, you're going to meet someone else. This is like unsolicited advice. And I would think to myself, if I never meet anyone else, I will still be happier than I would be in a relationship that I'm not happy in.
1: That's the bottom line. Well, and, and truly, everybody may want something slightly different in life. But if you break it down, why do we want success? Why do we want money? Why do we want, you know, more time with family? It's oftentimes to be happy, to find joy, to find peace. And so I think what you're saying is, and, is that people can find that alone, They could find it with someone else. I mean, hey, they could find it perhaps with the person that they're with, but you have to do the work to figure out if that's right for you or for that person, right?
2: A hundred percent. And I, you know, it's funny when I, so my sister and I, well, actually my sister, my brother and I, we all went to the same college. We all went to Brandeis University. My sister was a few years older than me and she was one year older than Darren, my ex-husband. And so she knew him before I got to college. And I remember when it just so happens that she is, was divorced and she's now remarried. Um, but when I had told her that I was getting divorced in the very beginning, that first day, Darren, and when I told him that I wanted a divorce, uh, uh, that I wanted a divorce he um, asked me if I would please go to marriage counseling, which we had never done. And I was really not so inclined to go because in my head I was kind of like I don't know you know you're screwing someone else like I don't really I already think we should get divorced I don't really think that I need to go to marriage counseling for a marriage counselor to tell us that we should get divorced like I'm already there. So I said to him, um, well, I, I I was telling my sister and my sister said to me, you know, you should go to marriage counseling because you don't ever want to be the one who looks back 10 years from now and thinks that you didn't do everything that you could to save your marriage. She's like, you very well may end up getting divorced and that's okay. But just like pursue all of your options and make sure that you're making an informed decision and that you're not like acting, you know, irrationally because you're angry and, you know, hurt. And so I went back to Darren and I said, well, I mean, truthfully, I'm not that interested in going to marriage counseling, but out of respect for the fact that we've been together for almost 20 years, I will go because if I had asked you to go, I would want you to have the same courtesy and respect for me and and go. But I want you to know, like, I'm only interested in going if you are actually telling me that you want to try to stay together and that you want to try to work this out because – I don't know that I want to, and if you don't want to either, I'd rather us just agree that we're going to get divorced. Like, I don't really understand what the use of marriage counseling is. Anyway, he said that, yes, he did want to try to stay together, and he was very remorseful, which added to my being able to have an amicable situation like we did, because I think that if he had been really um, a jerk about it all and and totally not remorseful, then maybe I would have had different feelings throughout the whole process. But Needless to say, we went to marriage counseling um, several times, and it just, for me, like, I just really couldn't move past it, and I – it wasn't the kind of marriage that I wanted to be in, where I would have known for the rest of my life that he had been unfaithful. I just felt like I deserved someone who was only faithful to me, <laughs> and so that's the kind of relationship that I envisioned for myself, um, and I needed to get out. But I feel like, you know, you have to – it can – Cheating is a different thing to each their own. I don't judge anyone who chooses to stay. But I think that to your point, like, you're right. Sometimes it can work, even if you think you're, you know, in challenging times with your partner, if you put in the work and the effort, like, you can make it work. But you have to be willing to put in that work. And I think that that's the challenge sometimes, that I feel like moving forward in my head, in my my life, I feel like... I think I'm going to try to be much more proactive about, like, am I sensing, um, you know, any kind of issues that might be benefited by getting counseling earlier on? Because I think that he and I almost waited, like, way too late. And who knows whether or not things could have been turned around if – we had been more vocal and if I had known how unhappy he was, that he was like looking to stray, who knows, who knows what it could have been. But I do think that like both partners need to be able to be communicative and they need to be able to um, work it out and, or at least put in the effort to try to work it out. I just think sometimes it doesn't work and you know, it's okay. I, I, for me, I think the messaging is like, it's okay. Even if it doesn't work, like, there's still a community there for you and people that are going to help lift you up and get you through such a hard situation um, and make sure that you can
1: still smile at the end of the day. Oh, well, I mean, that, and I, that's why I think what you're doing is beautiful. And, you know, all things considered, it's beautiful. I'm sorry that both you and TH have had to go through what you've gone through, but like so many of us sometimes when we experience something and it's awful we want to give back and to show people that there's an easier way and that you know in our cases you have been somebody who's always been so positive and and to be able to not that the you, you can't guarantee that anybody's divorce experience is going to be a positive one you can provide ways to hopefully make it a little more easy and on that note being a little bit uh, a little bit easier at least to take care of yourself, I would like to take a little bit of a turn here, knowing that you are a wellness expert and knowing that you do have some health hacks, let's say in terms of taking care of yourself. my sense would be that you would give advice to women who are going through a hard time, whether it's just a hard time in their marriage or they're considering divorce or then going through a divorce that taking care of themselves is key. Now I don't want to you know jump in and put words in your mouth, but can you talk a little bit about? Your thoughts on how women or people can take care of themselves when they're going through this type of turmoil in their relationship?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think that there's a lot of stuff out there that is totally accurate. You know, we have to take care of ourselves. I mean, a lot of it is diet and sleep and exercise and, um, you know, finding things that, without sounding too cliche, that bring us joy. In our lives, right? And not to forget who we are and not to abandon our extracurricular activities and the things that we love. I mean, you know, if you love reading and you love skiing and you love, you know, getting a foot massage, like it's important to try to f- carve out the time and and do those things so that you don't completely lose who you are. I, I think that when people are in an, unha- an unhappy relationship, you do a little bit lose a piece of yourself. There is a part of you that dies inside. And I am like literally the eternal optimist. I am someone who wakes up happy every day. I know for a lot of people, it's it has to be a conscious choice. And it is to some extent a conscious choice for me, but it's inherently who I am. Like I'm a glass half full kind of person. I'm always gonna find the silver lining. Even throughout my divorce, I was always like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I really and truly believe that. But I also think that nowadays everybody's so busy. There's so much going on. Sometimes it's, um, it's almost like a farce to be like, make sure that you pay attention to self-care because it's like, oh my God, who has the time to go get, you know, a, an hour long massage or a facial when you've got like three kids at home, you know, and a spouse and you have to cook dinner and do laundry and you're working full time. I think that kind of stuff is hard to do. So that's why I feel like sometimes it's just little things at night, taking a bath. I a few years ago started taking baths which I probably had not done in 30 years. <laughs> that was a really positive change in my evening routine and I like I I recommend it to anyone and everyone. Like you can't even believe how much of a difference a 15 or 20 minute bath will make before bed. But I'm also when I left TV about 5 years ago Um, I completely shifted my entire career and my lifestyle. And I left the whole like stressful, crazy um, career of network news where my whole life was dictated by current events and things going on. And I made this turn into wellness and into essential oils. And I became a certified aromatherapist. I had already been using essential oils for several years. I had been introduced to my sister. that's a whole funny story, too, because my dad's a doctor and we were all like, what? Essential oils? That's crazy. But I became (laughs) addicted. And and part of the reason is because it was very small little habits that felt that they were making a big difference for me. Using a diffuser at night before I went to bed and putting a specific restful sleeping oil in there called Serenity, like, that totally helps me decompress and get ready for bed at night. And that led to other things, you know, with my essential oils. And so I have a lot of customers that I work with who really need ways to decompress and to relax and to sleep better at night. And I mean, now with the pandemic, like there's so much anxiety going on and just all kinds of things like that. So I am a huge advocate in small little changes that can have a big impact. And for me, a lot of that is by using essential oils. And it's so easy to do with a diffuser. And when you talk to someone who knows what they're talking about and knows the different properties of different oils and how they can help you emotionally and physically, you know, using two drops of an oil can change your entire day.
1: Ooh, I will tell you, and I may have <laughs> actually mentioned this before. I'm like... Um, I, like, you're talking about baths, and, and it's been years since I've taken a great bath. I think my old house had a really nice bath of this one, not as much. But every now and then I will take Epsom salt, uh, put it maybe a little bit of lavender, I'll sit in the bath. And I was talking to a friend who had suggested that if I wasn't going to spend the time to take a bath, because maybe that's not my thing now, that I could do an aromatherapy shower. And so yes. to your point, just a few drops of oil in my morning shower. Huge difference. Yes. Yeah, it, it really it really is. I feel like I'm giving myself a spa treatment, I'm because like the effervescence I think of the heat and then the the oil, it's it's the aromatherapy that I'm getting from it. It is, and it honestly has such an impact on our emotional
2: well-being, and people don't really understand, like, how your sense of smell has is such an important part of like who you are and how you go about your day and and how your brain works literally like the connection between your sense of smell and your brain but you're right i mean putting a few drops of of oil in the corner of your shower and letting the steam give you like an all natural steam shower in the morning or at night i mean it's a huge difference so i'm just i i preach it all day every day and uh, and it's what I do all the time, and it's and it makes me a happier person because I feel like I'm doing something that's natural and healthy, and isn't going to give me any side effects, and I'm not going to get addicted to it, and I don't have to worry about taking sleeping pills, and I don't have to worry about yeah. you know all of the things that so many other people are dealing with these days, and it and it just makes me feel good that I'm doing something good for myself.
1: So, what is? Will you tell us what is your favorite? essential oil and for what purpose? Or maybe throw out a few at us because I know, I mean, I don't even know where to begin because I know you know so much about essential oils, but I feel like um, we've got to bring up a little something here to, um, because we've got you here on the podcast. Share us what you, share what you love.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like choosing between your children. It's so funny, but I mean, I will say one of the ones I'm most partial to is uh, this restful blend called Serenity. Part of, it was the very first essential oil that I ever tried. And there's always that part of me in the back of my head that, Here's George Costanza yelling, Serenity, (laughs) now!" And so it always kind of makes me laugh. But it's a a beautiful blend. You can smell a lot of lavender in it. Um, I use it in a diffuser every single night when I go to bed. I turn it on when I go in to, you know, brush my teeth and wash my face. And it really fills the room with this aroma that makes such a huge difference in calming your body. And just for people who have never used essential oils or don't really understand how it might affect you, I mean, you know, just use this analogy. Like you are leaving work and you're super stressed or whatever. Maybe these days, you know, you're working from home and you go someplace to go get a massage or a facial or some kind of a spa treatment. And the minute you walk into the place, you're immediately like, oh my God, it smells so good in here. I feel so zen. Like that's because they're putting you know scents into the air that are going to help tell your brain that it's time to relax that's why when you walk into a spa you think it smells good and relaxing that's exactly what it's happening there so you can recreate that in your own home So Serenity is one that I use in my diffuser every single night. There's another blend, a respiratory blend called Breathe, which I use because I happen to be someone who, when I sleep at night, I get a little congested. And as you might imagine, for anyone who's had any kind of a stuffed nose when you sleep at night, if you are at all congested when you're trying to sleep, you're not going to sleep well. I'm a big advocate of sleeping well. And if your whole... You know, respiratory system is open, and you're breathing deeply, and you're breathing clearly. Your body is going to be in a more relaxed state. So, I use the blend breathe for that purpose as well. And then, um, my third favorite that I also these are the three that I have in my diffuser every single night when I go to bed is um, an immune support blend called On Guard. I, am, I don't really use echinacea and I don't really like, you know, use a lot of different things like that, but the on guard smells like cinnamon and clove and it kind of smells like holiday in a bottle and I find it very warm and comforting, but it also allows me to be breathing in passive immune support while I'm sleeping at night. And so I would say those are probably my top three. Cannot live without them because I use them 365 days a year every single night um, and sometimes during the day, kind of depending on what else is going on. I would say those are probably my top three.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, I love On Guard. I love, love, love. I think I just (laughs) love anything cinnamon or that spice flavor. Although I'm not a chai type of girl, but when it comes to my teas, I love cinnamon. I I love On Guard. I think it smells great. I've actually used the, well, in in this case, the brand doTERRA, I've used the On Guard cleaning. Yep. So it's, If you don't want to make it yourself, you can buy it prepackaged. And so I know we're taking a total left turn here, but (laughs) I, I, I really feel like when it comes to any type of relationship, whether it's the relationship with yourself or the relationship with others, taking care of yourself is a key component, at least in trying to feel a little bit better in the moment. And you have such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to wellness and well-being and especially obviously with essential oils that I wanted to make sure that we got in a few um, extra tips there for those who are listening and, and are, are looking to, you know, find a little bit of their own Zen in their own household or their car or wherever at work if you're back at work. Uh, there some of these practices can be helpful to find a Zen place before you go to sleep or if you need it in another location through essential oils um, or just taking kind of some time and space to yourself.
2: I, I will also add, like, I also think it's great that when you're doing little things like that, that are like healthy and, you know, non-threatening and, and you know, non-toxic, like they're super easy habits for you to share with your kids and for them to adapt also. Like, I love that my kids are totally open to essential oils now. So they know that they can use them, they can rub them in their hands, they can, you know, smell it. Um, It's something that, you know, kids will repeat what their parents are doing, right? They, They follow our lead. And so they can't often go and go get a massage by themselves and do a lot of the quote-unquote self-care things that we all talk about as grown-ups. But I I like the fact that something as simple as essential oils, like my kids can put whatever they want in their diffusers, you know, and and they can appreciate the the scents in the house and they know that they can use stuff if they're not feeling great. And so it's super easy, healthy habits that they can incorporate as well. But one thing you mentioned before, you said something about a hack. So this is like my, my best hack that I've been doing these days during the whole pandemic is... Okay. Since citrus oils in particular are very emotionally uplifting, they cheer us up, they have properties in them that actually make us happier and make us feel better. So I always will put a drop of wild orange in my hand and I'll rub my hands together and then I'll rub my hands on the inside of my masks. So all day when I'm wearing my mask, I'm getting the benefit of like smelling something delicious like wild orange, which cheers me up and makes me feel better and I'm not breathing my own skanky breath in my mask all day. So that's kind of a nice change. And so I highly recommend that for people who are open to the whole essential oils. You do want to make sure that you're not using one that has tons of chemicals in it, um, which is why I like the ones that I have. But it's using oils inside your masks these days. You can choose relaxing oils, or if you are feeling like congested, you can choose oils that are going to help, you know, open up your nasal passages, or you can use the citrus oils that are going to help make you happier and cheer you up. It's amazing what you can do with a mask these days.
1: I love it. And I love that I actually have that. Is it sweet orange? I have sweet orange the wild downstairs. wild orange, yes. Wild, wild orange. And yep. I, I will say for something I always tell people, because you know, you and I connect on our beliefs when it comes to wellness and well being about taking small steps. It may be universal, but we truly do believe in, yes, I mean, I took major steps to make changes after my stage four diagnosis, but not everybody has that fire underneath them. So it really is about taking the small step because when life is busy and stressful, it can be hard. And one of the tips that I always tell people is, Drink more water than you're already doing. But not everybody likes water, which is why I love the doTERRA brand because not all, but many of the essential oils are edible. Yes. And as with some of the store bought ones, I know like even if it might say, oh, it's, it's orange or it's citrus, you have to be very careful that it's, uh, I think it's a therapeutic, like organic grade. Right. Certified pure therapeutic grade.
2: Exactly. And and, so, and that's what helps me drink more water. I'm a terrible water drinker, but that's what I do. I'll use wild orange or I'll use lemon or lime or, you know, green mandarin. There are so many different delicious citrus oils. And so, yes, you add one or two drops into your water bottle and like it totally changes the flavor of your water, makes it so much more palatable to drink. I highly recommend that. You're right. That's a great hack.
1: Well, and I'll tell you one other one is I uh, I love being I don't want to call myself the smoothie king or the smoothie queen. I think there is a smoothie king now that I think about it. I think you're right. uh, but when I first got my Vitamix and even when I think we started Pretty Wellness over 6 years ago, we were constantly creating recipes, not so much of like big elaborate foods, but like snacks and easy <laughs> easy to make foods, i.e., a smoothie that is packed with fruits and vegetables. And one of my favorite ones is this mint smoothie, and I've tried making it with, with mint leaves, and it's okay. It's taking one or two drops of the peppermint yep. doTERRA oil that I put in there, and it's just, it's clean, and it's fresh, and it's light enough, but yet, and I use it with kale, by the way. That's where I get the green smoothie from it. ah, But the peppermint is light, but yet strong. Does that make sense? Light, but strong enough that it over, like the bitterness of the kale you don't taste because you get the peppermint and then we get the sweetness from dates and then I'd put cacao nibs in it too. So yeah. Anyway, That's anybody amazing. who loves it? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I I am sure I have it on prettywellness.com but also I've got a a free digital cookbook filled with smoothie recipes. That's one of them that is on the site as well. So mm-hmm. I, I I do use essential oils once I got into them and I'm no expert. I just love what it offers. For non-toxic living, yes, agreed. I thank you for going down that that avenue with with us. I I do believe that whatever we're going through in life, that to try and take care of yourself, even if it's just for a few hours, that there are small ways to do it that could actually reap big benefits. So, yeah, hundred
2: percent. And you know, like you said, I mean, everybody has their own hardships in life. Everybody's going through stuff. Like we never know. You know, you see all those expressions out there of like, just be kind to everyone because you have no idea what's really happening behind the scenes. And everyone's trying to put on a brave face and everybody's trying to put their best foot forward and, you know, not be you know, a burden to everybody else around. But it's true that everybody has stuff going on and you just never know. So like, it's the little things in life that can make such a difference for all of us. And being able to be a participant in that by sharing that with people is huge.
1: Well, I and I mean, again, I agree. I agree. Check, 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 check. I think it's, it's so true. I, and when you say that, I remember so vividly the actual day I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, December 29, 2004. I remember you know, being in the doctor's office for many hours and then driving home. And on the way home, I'm looking out the window. I'm like, wow, no one knows I was just diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. My husband looks at me and is like, oh, we should go get something to eat. So we stopped and we got something to eat. And there was a makeup store that I loved that was in Connecticut. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna like. I, I felt like should I not go in there? I was just diagnosed with cancer, but wait, why should I not go in there? And I remember going in and having a conversation. with me right before New Year's, talking to the woman who's trying to sell me lipstick, which I bought. <sighs> and thinking in my head, this woman has no idea. All I just want right now is a little normalcy and maybe some lipstick so I can try and forget for five seconds. And she had no idea. She was perfectly kind, in my recollection of it. But from then on, I. I Really plays special close, and I really take those things to heart because you just have no idea. We all take life a little bit differently, and having a bad day to one person is is they take it different than the next person. So I think just you know always being kind and and trying to, I guess have a you know have a little grace for whatever might be going on in the world out there because you just never know. But yep. Anyway, I would love one of my favorite things to do when it comes to trying to turn my day around is tapping into some mindfulness practices. And the one that is really stuck in our household is about gratitude. You Mm -hmm. talk about getting your kids involved with essential oils. I've tried to get my son involved in being a little bit more mindful. And so for those of you that are new to me, what I do at the end of every podcast is a very similar thing that I do with my son on most nights is I play what we call the grateful game. Now, Jessica, I was wondering if you would be willing to take a minute and play the grateful game. with me I really would love up. to play the grateful game. Well, and I figured you would because I know <laughs> that you, you're, uh, you're zest for life. And so all it is, is we basically come up with a quick gratitude list of what we are grateful for in this day and why. Now, obviously, I am so grateful that I am thriving with stage four cancer. That is just such a big part of my life. I'm grateful for the house over my head. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm grateful for my husband. There's so many things that all in all I'm grateful for. What I try to do with my son is I try and come up with little things that happen in the day so that even when we have hard days there's always something small that we can look at that can make us smile. And so I'm going to give our, us 30 seconds and then I will kick it off to you. That sound good? Yes,
2: yeah, so it has to be something from today. It's not, not there's not that much
1: of the day that's passed so far. <laughs> Well, perhaps, and you know what, if you want it to be from yesterday, because, hey, you and I didn't play yesterday, it needs, it, this is the way that we play it. And okay. so all you out there, okay. if you want to take this home and do it a different way. Listen, no, 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 I, I want to I play it your way. I want to play it your way. Well, and, and I'll give you a, a little hint okay. here. It really doesn't matter who wins. You know, it's how, as my mother used to say, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Yep. So I will start to give you a little lead and then okay, you can take ahead. it from there. So, my 30 seconds, I will say that I am grateful after all this talk of essential oils. I am so grateful that I have a few downstairs, mindly, you know, mindful of the orange as well as the peppermint. So, I am going to make a peppermint smoothie after this because okay. it reminded me that I have it. so I'm so grateful for that. I am grateful that my son is in school today because we've had a hybrid system here that seems to be working for us. And as you know, I have a compromised immunity. And so we were a little bit nervous about having him go in the school setting, but him wearing a mask, he gets to see his friends, even though it's from six feet away. But it oftentimes he'll have a story or two that he comes home and he shares and that makes us both smile. So there is my 30 plus seconds of what I'm grateful for. And I'm at two. So I am going to toss it to you. Okay. So I'm grateful
2: for the fact that um, this is midterms week for my daughter. And this has been a little bit of a challenging time for her as a freshman in high school through the pandemic. I feel like it hasn't always been going so great, but I'm super grateful that she had an excellent Spanish midterm today and she already got a 90 on it. So that was a fantastic way to start the day. Um, And I'm grateful that um, as careful as I am with COVID, and I did actually have it back in the spring, and I have antibodies still. I was recently tested, but I'm grateful that I um, am physically able to move my body and go to the gym, which is something that I do every day and is really important for me for my, you know, emotional and physical well being and just being able to be a person that can like, do that because I know that there are a lot of people who are challenged in a lot of different ways and can't do that. And um grateful just overall, kind of like you said, I mean, I have to just take note of the things in my life. You know, I have an amazing family, a super supportive family. I'm um, grateful that I live in New York City. I'm grateful that I'm gainfully employed and, you know, I'm waiting to hear about a new apartment purchase. And I just feel like life is good. Like, even when you've gone through hard things for you, the stage four cancer, for me getting Divorce. Like life is good, you know? And I think that we always have to just be mindful of that because there are a lot of bad things that happen all around. And like, let's just keep perspective and focus on the things in our life that we can do. And to your point, that we are grateful for.
1: Well, I love it. And so if it mattered, you won because you came up with so many so easily. And that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) But like I said, For everybody who's listening out there, it doesn't matter who wins or loses as long as you try. And these are about, this is a mindfulness practice, a gratitude practice. Just try it, you know, at home, whether it's with a friend or a family member. I do it with my kid and it is a great way for us to end the day is to find a few things. And as you said, Jessica, life can be tough, but there is, oftentimes a way to find good in it. And I think that's really powerful. And that is my goal with this podcast is to be able to share stories that are inspiring information that can help people put one foot in front of the other and find a little bit of joy during whatever journey they have in life. So thank you again, Jessica, for being here today. I will put all your contact information in our show notes so that people can reach out and connect with you. So thanks again. Have a great day, everyone. And bye for now.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. So many of us have experienced hardships in life, and each of us handles these situations differently. There is not necessarily one right way. I encourage all of you when going through any stressors in life, especially a hardship, to reach out to someone. Whether it's a friend or medical practitioner, a religious leader, or an online community like Jessica just launched, sometimes what you need most might just be a listening ear. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.